Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. This nationally recognized, award-winning podcast is hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. I'm your host, Mindy McCulley, Extension Specialist for Instructional Support with Family and Consumer Sciences Extension. Our Family and Consumer Sciences Extension program is housed in the Martin Gatton College of Agriculture, Food, and Environment. My guest today is Dr. David Weisenhorn, our Extension Specialist for Parenting and Child Development. Welcome, David. Ah, thank you for having me. I'm so glad that you are here today because we're going to talk about a topic that is near and dear to my heart, and that is how social media affects child well-being. Yes. So, David, let's just kick it off. Okay. With some questions about social media use. What are we seeing in terms of social media use among our young children and then maybe teens and older teens? Oh, my goodness. We're seeing an exorbitant amount of social media use this year. To start the year, in February, the CDC released their findings from a 2021 study that they did that looked at well-being. And what they found was that 57% of teenage girls, compared to 30% in 2011, so nearly doubling that, found that they were felt persistently sad and hopeless. And that 30% of those, so more than half, thought that they, they felt seriously considered suicide. The boys' mental health on that end also seemed to have bad outcomes. They'd certainly also gone in the, the persistent sadness and hopelessness, and they also considered suicide, and that increased among boys, but nowhere near where it was for teenage girls. And one of the, th- the chilling things about that report was that it wasn't where most of us think that maybe that spike, that surge in mental health happened all right around the pandemic. Right. But it wasn't. It started back in 2012. And what we've seen is a, a steady rise in 2012, since 2012 to today. And what's important about 2012 is that was the time that social media started taking over much of the social lives. And uh, unfortunately, especially for females. Then you have what happened a little more recently, a couple of months ago, in May of May 23rd, Dr. Murthy, the Surgeon General, released an advisory. And this was warning the Senate Finance Committee and the public that social media has a profound risk of harm for adolescent health. And this whole 16-page advisory is urging parents and governments to set limits and devise stricter standards for use. And I'm telling you, Mindy, it is full of research, which has been eye-opening for me, to say the least, but all of which to say this is not a good thing. Well, and to put this in perspective, before we had the Surgeon General's warning on cigarettes, we had a Surgeon General's advisory. Mm-hmm. And so if people will think along those lines, this is probably a first step before we get a warning, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and he is quoted in the advisory saying, we do not yet have enough evidence to determine if social media is sufficiently safe for children and adolescents. He did not say we don't have enough information to determine if it's not good. We know clearly 
that there are some detrimental effects of social media. And what is so nice about this report is that it clearly talks about study after study after study. And we're talking a, a, a literature review where he's grabbed, you know, two dozen studies that have reported these findings. So there's some real meat and some real research that has been done in the past 10 years and overwhelmingly reporting this is not safe for our children. Well, and that's so important to point out because Surgeon General's advisories are not something to be taken lightly. Mm -hmm. And they aren't something that we get every day that is really something that is of concern to the public health of our nation. And so that's, that's why we get one of these. So, David, what are we seeing in terms of the effects that social media is having on day-to-day life um, for our, our kids? Gosh, you know, so, so in this report, and, and I want to say that there are a number of factors. So it, I want to be clear about the fact that there are multiple factors, and they include the amount of time that's spent on the platforms, the type of content that they consume, the activities and interactions that social media affords, and the degree to which it disrupts activities that are essential for health, such as sleep and physical activity. So a lot of times it's kind of stealing that. And it falls into these two categories, the content-related problems, such as negative self-imaging and bullying, and then use-related problems, such as poor sleep and addiction. So there's really kind of falls into two categories, but in both categories, there are negative outcomes. Well, and you just said that word addiction. Um, I remember when my children were teenagers, that laundry list of of negative impacts that you just listed were the things that we were always advised to watch for Mm. if we thought that our children might be using drugs. Mm -hmm. So if you have this laundry list um, that you are putting out there, then this is maybe a warning that maybe your child is using too much social media. Yeah. This first day, and I love what you're saying because you're right on with that because it I'm going to talk a little bit more about that as we go through. But what was shocking is one of the first things I stated is 95% of 13 to 17 year olds are reporting that they are using social media, that they are on it. And 30% of those are saying we're on it constantly, right. literally stating self-reporting. I'm constantly on this. Right. And why that's scary. And this is important. Why that's scary is because adolescents age 10 to 19 are in a very highly sensitive time of brain development. This is the period when risk-taking behaviors reach their peak, when their well-being experiences the greatest fluctuality, and when mental health challenges are present, such as depression. This is when they are going to emerge. And what's happening, so you think about what happens in adolescence. This is when we have that sense of self is forming. We are comparing ourselves to our peers. Mm -hmm. We care so deeply about what our peers think of us, so the peer opinions become really important. And this is what happens. And so this, while this is the brain is forming, now we're getting all this input from social media. And what research is showing is that social media use in this stage of life is predictive of subsequent decrease in life satisfaction. And that is specifically tuned to girls 11 to 13 and boys 14 to 15. So our youth are right now saying, hey, if you're using, if you're 11 to 13 and you're a girl and you're, four, or you're 14 to 15 and you're a boy and you're lo- using social media, it's already predicting that your life satisfaction is decreasing. Wow. Because of that comparison note, right? right? Yeah. 
because we care so much about what other people think of us. And we know through decades of research prior to, you know, 10 years prior to this, that comparison is also one of the critical components that causes a decrease in life satisfaction. So once we start comparing ourselves, our life satisfaction begins to, goes down. yeah, goes, begins to decrease. So if we're seeing this in the adults around us hmm. who are using social media and having this decrease in life satisfaction, then multiply that by 10 or 20 or 30 to think about what's happening in the lives of the kids that are using social media as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the scariest part is that they are developing a brain. What we talk about adults, we we've already developed a lot. Now that's not to say we're not, we're not affected by social media because I think it's fair to say if as a parent who has young children that are engaged in sports, I oftentimes go to my children's practices and I'll sit in the bleachers and watch and what I watch, I love people. So I watch a lot of people, (laughs) (laughs) you know, there are times where I think, man, these people must have a lot of really important jobs because everybody's on their phone. They all, everybody's emailing right now. But if you get a little closer and you peek over the shoulder, what they're doing is they're scrolling. Right. Right. You know, they're, they're TikToking or they're, they're on whatever scroll, everything reels now. And that's a, that's a ploy that, that is actually a device that's made for this endless scroll. It keeps you going. It's intended to keep you on in looking, I've heard from many people. You could probably right. say the same. Mm-hmm. I heard from a gentleman the other night. He said at one thirty in the morning, I couldn't sleep. I got up. He said I ended up finding myself in an hour and a half. I watched cat videos. Right. And he said I had no idea, and I, I don't know even what that must feel like. But could you imagine that? That and he's like, man, it just it just stole my time. It stole my day. And I love my sleep so much. I would be very upset about missing that out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so so I think it's important to talk about where's the catch? Where's the catch point? So one study says, hey, listen, this is as soon as you start using it, you're, you're comparing. And so your life satisfaction goes down. And that was, again, specific for certain age ranges. But what we found, there was a so there was a longitudinal study. It means a, a study over a long period of time that looked at U.S. adolescents from age 12 to 15. And this was a large sample. So so nearly 7,000, so 6,595 people were included in the study. And what they found was that adolescents who spent more than three hours a day on social media faced double the risk of experiencing poor mental health outcomes, including symptoms of depression and anxiety. And then it follows up from that statement They give another statement in the advisory, and this is what it says. As of 2021, 8th and 10th graders now spend an average of three and a half hours per day on social media. So So we're we're, a half hour over the limit. We're already exceeded the (laughs) limit. And so what we're saying is that, man, we have got a real problem on our hands. Mm -hmm. Like we know that that three hours over, we're doubling the the probabilities uh, of poor health, anxiety and depression and all these outcomes that are associated with it. And, oh, yeah, by the way, as of a few years ago (laughs) to, you know, coming up on three years ago now, we know that we're on average a half hour over that. Mm -hmm. Like we're way past the marker. So I think what what I hope the listeners are hearing right now is that, whoa, we need to tighten the reins. Right. We really need to cut back on our own social media use. But certainly we need to be paying attention to our children's social media use. And it's even more important and heightened if you have a female 
that you love that is in whether that's your daughter, your niece, your sister, your cousin, whoever. We need to really be protecting females, not that we're not protecting males, young males, but that they're less effective. Everybody needs to be protected, but we really need to be keying in because it seems to be more more of an issue among females. Well, and David, I think it's really important that we need to say right now that we're not being disingenuous. We recognize that if you are listening to the podcast, you are on social media because Mm -hmm. podcasting is a form of social media. Mm -hmm. If you found us through Facebook, you were on social media or Instagram or however you came across us on, on a website. We recognize that. So we do realize that One of the ways of doing business in the world today is through social media. And we are consumers of that as well as as also recognizing that there are so many challenges for children and teenagers that we want everyone to be aware of and to really monitor and maybe even put some brakes on uh, for their children. David, I really appreciate the time that you've given me to, to discuss this really important topic. I know that this might spark lots of conversations in homes across Kentucky. At least I hope that it will. Mm -hmm. So please come back. I know that we'll have more to talk about again. Thank you. I'd love to. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to Talking Facts, and you can find us wherever you find your favorite podcast. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition, health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and a comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT or send us an email at UKFCSEXT at UKY.edu. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local extension agent for family and consumer sciences. We build strong families. We build Kentucky. It starts with us.